Hello and welcome to the St. James Podcast. My name is Mike. I'm the priest at St. James Church. I want to thank you for joining me for this podcast, which is just a short time each week where I try and offer a short reflection on our weekly Bible passage. Our church, along with all our city, is in lockdown right now. So uh, we keep in prayer, particularly all those on the front line of our healthcare systems and all essential workers. At church, our Sunday service is being live streamed at 9.30am on our Facebook page and we're also offering a hymn and reflection every Tuesday on Facebook and YouTube and the night prayer is prayed live streamed uh, on Facebook every Wednesday evening at 8pm. Members of the church also get a weekly email blast. We've been sending out a monthly children's church package uh, which gets hand-delivered to the children who are part of our church and there's also an online video that accompanies that. With the season of Christmas just concluded, we're in these weeks after Epiphany which lead us towards Lent. And these weeks are speckled with feasts and stories that move us continually through our story of faith, some of the key figures that we celebrate and remember. This week is marked as the celebration of the uh, Baptism of Christ or the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. So we're going to turn to the very first chapter of St. Mark's Gospel today, returning to that scene we visited not that long ago of John the Baptist. We heard him again and again in Advent with his encouragement to prepare, to be ready for the one who is coming. And now we go a few verses beyond his message, as the one to whom he has been pointing wades into the water with him. So I invite you to maybe open a Bible and read with me, Uh, Or just sit back and listen for a moment to these words from the first chapter of St. Mark, verses 4 to 11. John the Baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptised by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptised you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Now, as I've said before, John the Baptist is a powerful figure in the Christian story, one whose birth and ministry are closely tied to that of Jesus himself. If we were to take Luke's narrative, we'd find the two of them are related, with Elizabeth, the mother of John, being the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the two unborn children sense one another's presence even during pregnancy. And then 
throughout the uh, gospel stories as we put them together. John becomes this figure of an ancient prophet, one who lives in the desert eating locusts and wild honey, wearing the uncomfortable skins of repentance of camel's hair with a leather belt. And John has a message. He comes out of that desert and wilderness to preach, to tell people that the kingdom of God is coming close and they need to be ready. And to be ready, what they need to do is repent, to turn away from sin and be baptised in this water so that sins may be washed away. And it certainly seems from all the accounts that his charismatic personality, his integrity in living so visually that life of repentance, and his way with words, moves crowds to this religious experience. But we should note a particular line in our story today, but because it'll become important in a few moments, John clearly sets up the difference between himself and the one who is coming after him. Someone so important, John, who's almost religious celebrity at the time, isn't worthy to untie his sandals. And primarily, while John baptises with water, this one is going to baptise with the Holy Spirit. And so in that story we've just read, we come to the baptism of Jesus himself. Now the baptism of Jesus has had theologians and preachers getting themselves in a twist since the story was first told. The problem has been posed that if John's baptism was, as we read, for the forgiveness of sins, and Christ himself was meant to be sinless, then of what did Jesus need to repent? Why does Jesus need to be baptised? In fact, even Matthew's gospel and his audience were worried about this question. And so there are lines added there where John protests and says, "Don't, no, I'm not going to baptise you. Jesus, you should baptise me instead. And if we read Matthew's narrative, Jesus will say, no, John, baptise me to fulfil all righteousness. You can work out what that means another time. But I have a feeling that the meaning of Jesus' baptism isn't to be found by us trying to read backwards an understanding of baptism into the text. Trying to say this is what baptism means, why did Jesus do it? But rather let the text speak for itself. So firstly, let's note that this baptism is the very first thing that happens in Mark's gospel. In this gospel there's no birth narrative like Luke and Matthew, no angels and shepherds and Bethlehem and Magi following stars, nor is there a poetic meditation about the word being in the beginning, like we find in John's Gospel. Here in the opening scene of Mark, there are two strangers meeting at a river. One has been baptising to get people ready for the coming of the kingdom of God, and the other is the coming kingdom of God, the king touching earth, Although, of course, we'll only learn that truth as the whole gospel story progresses. So why put this baptism first thing in the gospel? Well, perhaps Mark is showing that Jesus is being commissioned for the ministry that's coming. This is a starting point. This is where the show gets on the road. This is the place to pay attention from. This is where the message becomes apparent. This is where everything in his life turns towards the great uh, story of the Passion. And the resurrection. Perhaps Mark is also showing that here this person being baptised is the natural successor and fulfilment of John's work and ministry. 
And maybe Mark is also making a point about who Jesus is, not doing it as the others do through angels, shepherds and magi and stars, but through the religious experience and encounter with God found in this moment of storytelling. We don't need the angels to sing it when what happens here is happening. So what is happening? Well, secondly, we find out that something happens to Jesus in this baptism that is not happening to everyone else. The heavens open and a dove is seen descending, that symbol of the Holy Spirit, and a voice is heard. I think the readers are meant to find here an echo of the Old Testament, the first words of the Bible in Genesis, when we find the Spirit moving over the face of the waters and bringing forth creation. Now in this story, the Spirit is found moving over the waters of the Jordan, the waters that are falling from Jesus even as he rises from the, the, the river. And in that image, we're given a clue. The reader is given a clue that this is the new creation. This man, this Jesus, is God's new creation. Then, as God speaks in the beginning of creation, so God speaks now, saying, You are my Son, the Beloved. In you I am well pleased. This unique relationship between Father and Son is made clear. And we can note back to the Old Testament again that there, only the King is called God's Son. And so here we have another clue, that sense of the long-awaited Messiah has come. A King has been revealed and the wait is over. So perhaps Jesus is not baptised to receive forgiveness of sins, but to demonstrate that he is the one that brings it, the fulfilment of the baptism that John has been preaching. Except now not only is forgiveness on the table, but a recreation or a new creation. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is one that brings the change of heart and the change of God's world. In the Anglican tradition in which I live, Uh, Baptism is one of the great sacraments of the Church, alongside the Mass or the Holy Eucharist. It stands clearly as one of the pillars of our spiritual life, and yet many of us in this tradition were baptised as infants, so it takes us some intentional reflection to embrace the meaning and significance of our own baptism. Using the story of Jesus' baptism, I think there are some points that we might reflect and pray upon as we consider our own. Baptism was the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and that's what we are called to, ministry. That's a job not just for priests and the ordained, but actually what the New Testament uses to describe the work of all the people of God. As we use our God-given and God-revealed gifts, be that our talents, to our time and our energy and treasures, for God's purposes rather than our own. So the first question we might reflect and pray upon is, what are we doing individually to engage in the ministry of being God's church. Next, Jesus' baptism was about God's new creation. I wonder how our faith is changing us. It's a great question to ask. How are we allowing God's spirit to bring out a new creation in us? Are there things we need to be washed clean from? Are there places we need to grow? Are there ways we can live in a more Christ-like fashion? And finally, I think for reflection, baptism offers an affirmation that we are God's children, anointed and loved, and people in whom God delights. 
I wonder if we actually feel that way about ourselves or if we judge ourselves by achievement or qualifications or some other measure of what the world tells us success is. Baptism is an embrace from our parent in God. Perhaps we need to remember to receive that embrace and embrace God in return. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for the water of baptism through which we are reminded of your forgiveness, your mercy and your grace, through which you call us to take part with you in the work of love in the world, and by which we are reminded of your loving embrace and delight in all your people. May we receive and live our baptism each day and be transformed by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining me. Take care, go safely, and God bless you.